0: Hello everyone and welcome to the third episode of the ghost podcast. This was uploaded 11 minutes over on my YouTube channel It's five true scary stories volume 22 Let's get right into it story one disturbing camping encounter a little background I work summers as a camp counselor in the northern parts of ontario canada on the date this particular incident occurred, I was camping with a group of 10-year-old boys on the same lake the summer camp is based on. So like a routine camping trip, we canoe out to the site and set up our tents. Me and my co-counselor, Mike, take turns supervising the kids while they swim, build forts, and play games, etc. We cook some food over the fire, sit around and tell stories, cook s'mores, the typical Canadian camping experience. Around 9.30ish, I tell the kids it's time for bed, and they head into their tents. We were positioned a small walk away from the shoreline, but still in the line of the fire pit. So the kids had gone to bed, and me and Mike are shooting shit by the water smoking a cigarette, just basically hanging out before we decided to head into our tents and call it a night. What happened next still troubles me to this day, and remains my go-to campfire story. We were both gazing into the pitch black night water, When a small light approaches us slowly and slightly above water level we speculate what it could possibly be for a few minutes before it comes close enough for us to see that it is mounted on the front of a kayak and somebody was approaching our campsite. Now it is important to note that as a camp counselor part of our training goes over how to deal with stranger encounters in an environment where we are responsible for a group of children on public property. I was prepared to give the mysterious paddler the typical speech about how we are camping with a group from a recognized organization, and we were respectfully asked that they find another campsite. However, this person's appearance shook me to the bone as the light drew nearer. Paddling this kayak was a woman who looked to be in her 60s. She had incredibly long, wisps of gray hair that were trailing behind in the water. Her skin looked like old leather and her dead-looking eyes were tough to spot under all the wrinkles. She looked directly at me, and when she spoke, I realized she was missing most of her teeth. "'Are all your children safe in bed?' she asked me, pointing in the direction of the tents, not really knowing how to respond and, quite frankly, shitting myself. I responded by telling her that they were fine and she had to leave. "'That's good. Just as expected for this time.' She said with a smile. She turned her kayak and paddled off into the night. At this point in time, myself and Mike were legitimately very creeped out, not only by the appearance of this mysterious woman who resembled a freaking corpse, but also her inquiry on the whereabouts and safety of our kids we had brought on this trip. Not knowing what else to do, we grabbed our hunting knives, and sat by the fire, checking on the kids. Half an hour later is where the shit started to get really creepy. Across the lake, a female counselor was leading another trip, the same age group. She sent me a text which read something along the lines of, Hey Sean, stop screwing around with us. This isn't funny. My kids are really creeped out. I instantly called her and let her know. I had just seen somebody near my campsite that seemed eerie and that I was not trying to play a joke. Apparently one of their kids had opened their tents to take a piss and seen a woman with a long hair standing with her arms open towards them from near the shoreline. Story 2, Billy the Dog This happened to me a couple of years ago and it still gives me paranoia. I live alone in my apartment with my dog. He's a golden retriever named Billy. And he had an impressive appetite even for a dog. The incident happened on a Friday night. I was sitting on my couch with my dog eating dinner and watching a movie on TV. Once in a while, handing Billy a piece of my food. It was getting late so I decided to go to bed after taking a quick shower. I went to the bathroom without finishing my dinner. I must admit, I'm kind of a messy head, and a full plate left over, unfinished on the table didn't bother me. After the shower, I got into my bed. I whistled for my dog as he usually likes to spend the night at the foot of my bed. He didn't come, so I just went to sleep. He probably fell asleep on the couch or something. The next morning I woke up super late, and this is where it becomes strange and creepy. The leftovers on the plate from the previous night were gone. That didn't really bother me, it was probably Billy who ate it. I went into the living room to find him to take him on a walk, but he wasn't there. I called his name, but he didn't seem to be anywhere in the apartment. No, I was seriously worried. I am really fond of my dog and didn't really like it when he wasn't around. I spent most of the afternoon searching for him around the neighborhood, but I couldn't find him. I even called the police, telling them the situation, but they told me they couldn't do anything about it. Sad and depressed, I went back to my home. But when I got back, I found something that sends chills down my spine. It was a note on my nightstand that I hadn't noticed from earlier. There were seven words on that note that I will never forget. Thanks for dinner. I like your dog. I've never been more afraid in my entire life. The person who wrote that note had been in my apartment during the evening, and had ate my leftovers from my dinner. How long had he been hiding there, and was he still around? I ran out of my apartment and called the police again. I told him that somebody had been in my apartment, and I feared that they might have taken my dog. They came to investigate, but they didn't find anything. After the incident, I hung up posters of Billy everywhere, hoping that someone had seen him, but I never saw him again. I haven't had another dog since then. Story 3 I don't go to the coin laundromat anymore. A few months ago, I was at a local coin laundromat. I went late because I had been studying around 10 p.m. The laundromat is pretty small. Closer to the edge of the beach town I live in. The town is pretty well known for drifters and people experiencing homelessness. Most people are friendly, and there was a lot of drug use. But I've never really felt scared. Everything was fine until I went to move my laundry to the dryer. I was listening to music on my headphones, but not super loudly. Suddenly, I just got this feeling that somebody was watching me. I really can't explain it. I just felt the presence. I turned around and there was a man standing just a few feet away from me. It was a white guy with pink hair wearing a face mask, like a ski mask. He was wearing a hoodie, gloves, and sunglasses. Even though it was dark out, the gloves and sunglasses especially immediately made me feel uncomfortable. I thought maybe he was a drifter or high, but I didn't want to be rude. I tried to laugh it off and told him he surprised me. He immediately started talking. A lot of it was just disjointed and just didn't make sense. He was talking about coming up from Brazil to bring his brother money to get a classic car. None of it made sense, but he would just ask me questions and wait for me to respond. So I tried to play along. I still thought he was probably high or something. He was standing between me and the only door, and I started getting this gut feeling that he was blocking the door on purpose, not just accidentally as he talked to me. He was getting closer to me as he talked, and the feeling got stronger. Logically, something was off, but mostly I just had this feeling in the pit of my stomach that I needed to leave and keep him talking until I could. I started to edge to the side, but he stayed in front of me and the feeling got more intense. I started to grip my keys in attack position just in case. He talked more and then backed off a little. He took off his backpack, which was a child's unicorn backpack and sat it nearby the dryer. I looked over at the door for just a second, and when I looked back, he was pulling something out. I couldn't see it. But he was holding it out to the side, behind him, where I couldn't see it. But I did see what was in his backpack. Duct tape. Instantly, it was just like an alarm went off. There was no more worrying about being rude. No more second-guessing myself that he was harmless. It was like this cold, numb dread just washed down over me. I almost felt calm, like I knew my next steps, knew I had to do something. Time seemed to move in slow motion and he turned back to me, not saying anything anymore and just took a few steps forward. I gripped my keys as tightly as possible and tried to mentally prepare to fight. I remembered being afraid that I would move too slow or be too weak like in a nightmare. But all of a sudden, the door of the laundromat opened and a woman walked in, barely even looking at us as she went to the laundry. It was like a scene in a movie, a moment of intensity, just interrupted by someone or something, and it's suddenly over. He just turned, got his bag, and left. I was so scared, I just stayed there a minute, until I could get my laundry, and then I went home. I didn't report it, I never knew what to say since nothing had actually happened. But when I think about it, I think the scariest thing is that he left as soon as someone walked in. If he was just crazy, it wouldn't have mattered. I think a stranger's laundry timer saved me from something terrible. I don't go to the laundromat anymore. I joined a laundry service. The extra cost is worth it to never have to go back. So to the man with the pink hair and the unicorn backpack. Let's not meet again. Story 4, Roommate Wanted, Female Only This is a popular story with my family and most of my friends. Amanda is my brother's girlfriend at the time of this story. She was looking for her first apartment and was moving out of her parents' house. Her and my brother didn't want to move in together since they've only been dating for a few months, so she opted instead to search for a roommate online. Browsing Craigslist, she found an ad titled something like, Roommate Wanted, Females Only. This sort of thing was common since the area she was looking in was mostly young professionals. The listing was for a room in a house that was for about $220 a month, which was quite cheap compared to most of the places listed on the site. The occupant listed herself as a 23-year-old college student that wasn't comfortable with living with any males. The other roommate would have their own room and attached bathroom so far it it was into this place. However, the listing only had a single photo from outside the property. Amanda sent an email wanting to meet the occupant and tour her the house. Within 30 minutes, she received an email back with all the details and times to stop by. The girl worked late hours and wanted Amanda to stop by 8pm. When Amanda arrives, there's a handwritten note on the front door saying, Door broken, use back door. Walking around the house, it looks nice, but slightly unkempt: Tall grass, weeds, dusty windows, etc. Still no alarms for Amanda though. When she knocks on the back door, an older man opens the door. At first, Amanda thought she had the wrong house, but the man reassures her and says that the occupant was out and he was the landlord. The occupant had asked him to meet Amanda since she was working late. He seemed pleasant and offered to show her around. Alarms started to go off, but were not red alert yet. First, the man was clearly in his 40s, unshaven, and looked like he lived in his car. Also, only the kitchen light was on. As they walked around the house, Amanda noticed one huge red flag. No furniture, nothing. The landlord was polite in answering questions, but seemed irritable to keeping lights on for too long. Rushing her around and only letting her look at one room for a few moments, there was a single room that the landlord wouldn't open, telling her that it was the occupant's room and he didn't want to invade her privacy. As they walk down the hallway into the living room, she notices the front door had a plank nailed across it. Yeah, broken for sure. Amanda's creepometer is starting to ding, so she decided to wrap up the walkthrough and leave, but trying to be polite. As she's giving a guy her thanks for showing me bit, he perks up and states that he forgot to show her the basement. He's been recently furnished and would make a great rec room, and she should take a look down there. At the time, Amanda and the landlord are standing in the small hallway between the front living room and the back kitchen. In this little hallway was the basement door, and when he opens the door, it opens outward to create somewhat of a barrier between Amanda and the back door. His basement is pitch black. He smiles and motions her down the stairs and says, Ladies first. What happens next is nothing more than a stroke of luck. Amanda gets a text as some random person parks in front of the house. Thinking on her feet, she pretends it's a phone call and answers the phone, saying, Hey, yeah, are you here? I'll come out around back and let you in. It's great, you have to see it. With a motion of confidence, she excuses herself around the landlord and walks out of the back door. She says the guy just looked at her, confused. Once outside, she sprinted to her car and sped like hell out of there. When Amanda got home, she told her mother and my brother everything. Cops were called. They took her statement and went to investigate. The Craigslist post had been removed. Epilogue The house had been foreclosed for over six months earlier and the property had been abandoned. When the police investigated, they found that the closed room the landlord didn't want her to look in was where the man had been staying. There were a pile of old dirty blankets, rotten food, and empty gallon jugs everywhere. More creepy, was he had plastered ripped-up pages from porno mags on all the walls in the room. The real scary part of this was the basement. The man had tied a thin piece of fishing twine at about shin level across the stair, halfway down. The basement was empty except for a pile of old blankets, a broom handle wrapped in leather belts, and a small box with a few rolls of assorted tape. Amanda ended up not moving in. Story 5, Bunny Man My dad and I went hiking a few days ago. My dad is a waterfall fanatic, and he wants to see as many as possible. So he and I are hiking along a very pretty trail. We're hiking along a river, it's flowing nicely, there's mountains all around us. The trail is weaving around big, beautiful boulders. I'm hiking at most 30 feet ahead of him, looking for a spot to stop and have a sit picnic lunch. And as I rounded a blind curve in the trail, I just freeze. Sitting on a stump, maybe 10 feet off the right side of the trail, is a guy. He's wearing one of those colorful Baja hoodies with the hood up and a half mask with bunny ears. He sees me and stands right up as my dad rounds the corner. We are all three sizing each other up in silence, and my dad addresses him What's up, buddy? The masked man tips his head as if he was deciding what to do with us and then says back, Not much. You aren't the guys I'm waiting for. Have a good day. Then he turns and jogs quickly off into the woods. Strapped on his lower back was a large hunting knife and he had a pistol on his hip. We lost sight of him pretty quickly. We hadn't seen a soul on the trail all day and we had been hiking for almost three hours. Needless to say, We left the waterfall for another day and quickly turned around. Once we were off the trail, we reported it to the local forest services and the police, but they said they couldn't do much aside for keeping an eye out for any suspicious activity. The masked man didn't have a backpack or water or anything, which makes me think he had either stashed it somewhere or maybe was camping and waiting nearby. I hate to admit it, but I desperately wanted to go after the guy and ask who he was waiting for and why. If you like stuff like this, why don't you follow me on Twitter? That's twitter.com forward slash realghostymist. And why not follow me on Instagram as well? That's instagram.com forward slash ghostymistofficial. As well as subscribe to my YouTube channel. See y'all and take care.